so we saw last time, I think, that Jesus received his life from God and he lived in dependence on his father and uh, he gave up that life to death for his father. He surrendered, you might say, and then he received it back again from God the Father. And that's the progression, isn't it, for us. We are to uh, give our life, uh, we receive our life, actually, from, from the Lord, from God. We are to live it for God, even to dying, surrendering up to death, our obedience uh, unto death, and then only to receive that life back again when we live in glory for eternity. So it's the same thing. Christ had lived a perfect life given to him by his Father. And when he was asked, he gave that life back to God. And then his Father gave him his life back infinitely more glorious than it had been. And that's the, that's the picture. Do you believe that God will give you back a life that is infinitely more glorious than the one that you give to him? Because that's his promise to you. His promise is, if you surrender your life to me, I will give you back that life, you know, abundantly more glorious than, than you could e even imagine. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, uh, tells you that Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Um, Paul in Colossians will start to talk about Jesus from verse 15 through verse 18, uh, through verse 20, I think it is. Let's just go there. Colossians chapter 1. Um, Paul is um, going to talk to them about, um, about Jesus. He is um, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Um, why was Jesus the firstborn of all creation? <coughs> what does he mean there? He's the first of a new kind. The word firstborn there is actually the word we use for prototype. It's, uh, the Greek word is protokos, or prototokos, actually. And um, it means um, the first of a kind, the first of a new humanity. That's how he is the firstborn from the dead. He, he was the first human being to die and be raised to life, never to die again. That makes him the prototype. Of course he was God in the flesh. I'm not, Paul is not denying that, but what he's saying is Jesus is the firstborn from the dead because he went to the grave and then came up through the grave into this resurrection resurrected glorious life. And God will, in the same way that he did with Jesus, God will give his glory to anyone who willingly consents to give him their life. If you give God your life, he will give you his glory. It's definite. It's a, a promise. And you have probably been working for God up till now. You've done your best. You've, hey? <coughs> you hoped to be asleep and be woken up now, did you? <laughs> that was your afternoon nap. And it went in a jot. Um, 
See, as I just said, God will give his glory to anyone who willingly consents to give him their life. And although you've probably been working for God, you've been doing ministry, you've done your best, now he's saying there is more. There is always more. And you have come out of Egypt, you've crossed the Red Sea, you're at the Jordan, you're just about to go over with Joshua. Maybe you've even been over with Joshua for a while, but there's more and more and more land to lay hold of, more and more and more to take hold of. The question is, do you want it? Do you want it? Because it's possible for you to stay where you are. And most Christians choose to stay where they are. And what will happen if you stay where you are? Yeah, stagnation. Remember, we're all of us born again. You can't lose your born againness. You you are part of a new humanity, and that will never change. So what will happen? Yeah, yeah. The works that you could have done, you won't do. Yeah. You won't know the fullness of the abundance that was yours. You'll live half a life. You'll live... Um, like an anorexic. You'll live short-changed. Every word you can think of to remind yourself that if you don't walk on with God, then you will not receive what he has for you. Um, Before Christ received what God had for him, he had to die to self, which meant he had to give up his throne. And the question is, will you? Will you give up the throne of your life? See, you said you did when you you believed in Jesus, and in a way you did, because you had to say, I believe that um, only Jesus can save me. But then you immediately shunted him to one side and shared the throne, because you didn't want to give up everything about your life. And that's so normal. That's normal, that's human. We have been taught from birth, from before birth, our whole culture is designed to get us to think for ourselves, stand on our own two feet, be self-sufficient, be able to live independently. We are are constrained and and confined and molded into that thinking that if you can't live that way, there's something wrong with you. And so consequently, even though we come to Christ and we know that he's saying, surrender all, understand your weakness, understand that you can do nothing without me, that goes against every type of human thinking for the last 10,000 years. So what do you think we have to do? Everybody afraid to answer, or are you just too tired? Yeah, but but yes, yes, yes. You have to change your attitude. You have to change your whole thinking. You have to change if if, if as far as it depends on you, you have to change the very thinking processes in your brain. You have to start to see things from the opposite perspective. 
You have to start to look at things the way God looks at things. How can you do that? <coughs> Say that again. By having the mind of Christ, how do you get the mind of Christ? You have to have the understanding of Christ. Mind of Christ is understanding of Christ. We have the understanding of Christ. How do you get that understanding? By reading the word. There's no other way. Um, you have to change your attitude. And what, it, what was Christ's attitude? So have you had a, to put a word on it? What would it be? Humility. His attitude was humility. Humility is the direct opposite of humanity. It's the opposite. You have to have that attitude which was in Christ Jesus. What is it Paul says? Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus who though he existed in the form of God did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. <coughs> Humility is the salvation that Jesus brings. It is. He brings the salva salvation that Jesus brings looks like humility. Does that look like you? Does that look like your life? When you heard that you were saved in Christ, that you were part of a new humanity, that it was glorious, that you were going to spend eternity with him, did that look like humility? Did it sound like humility? No. And when you started to hear that there might be some humility thrown in there, what was your instinctive reaction? <coughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. Mm. If you love Jesus above all else, what will you love? I mean, you see, if you were keeping up, you'd know instantly. Humility. If you loved Jesus above all else, you would love humility because that is the way he lived. That was the attitude he had. So ask yourselves the questions. Do you love humility? Do you aim for humility? Are you reaching for it? Are you doing all that you can to um, gain humility? And when I say that to you, what should you be saying back to me? <laughs> Who said yes? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, well, maybe. But the thing that comes into my mind as soon as I say I need to be reaching for humility and thinking about it and going for it, all of a sudden it's not humility. It's all about pride. It's all about me reaching it, which is all about me. So can you see how difficult it is? How difficult humility really is? Because as soon as I think about it for too long, it becomes pride. So what must I do? Pray. Pray. 
there's no wrong answers. I'm asking because I want to keep you awake. So, what, what really, what must we do to, um, to gain this humility or to live in humility? Yeah, ask God to show us ourselves. You have to start thinking differently. You have to start thinking with the mind of Christ, which is a humble mind. You have to start looking at the world as he sees the world. You have to start looking at yourself as he sees you. Now, I mean that. Let's put some details into that. So, I don't know, maybe you're feeling... um, Bit, uh, bitter. What causes bitterness? Unforgiveness. Okay, so what causes unforgiveness? You've been wronged. Okay, why do you feel wronged? It's not the answer, so I've got to keep going. Why is it bitterness? Why is it unforgiveness? Why is it all of those? What's the root, the root of all those things? Self, pride, it's all pride. So if you're feeling bitterness and selfishness and you want to gossip about people and you're envious and you're jealous and you're indifferent to certain people, you like some, you don't like others, that's all about you. It's all about you. How many tables have we got in the lunchroom? And in dinner for our wonderful... Chicken goujons and chips. How many tables are laid up there? Three, four, five? I bet you choose to sit with the same people every time. No? Okay, well, you're all too good then. But <laughs> what, what would make you sit with the same people all the time? Comfort. You like them. They like you. They're easy to talk to. I'll sit over here. Right? Why do we do that? Because it's all about me. It's all about me. I mean, I've paid good money to be here. I want to sit and have a nice lunch and talk to my friends. I don't want to sit with that. Linda, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, that's it. She is my friend, so I can say it quite openly. You know, I don't want to sit with Linda. I don't know her. She looks a bit odd. (laughs) No, she doesn't. You know what I mean. What I'm saying is we do that. That's what we do. That's our thinking process. That's that's what our thinking process is. Or I don't want to go and sit with that person because I know they've got issues. And they're going to talk to me about their issues. And honestly, I'm too tired. I can't be doing with their issues today. What's that about? It's about me. It's about pride. Can you imagine Jesus for one moment having those thoughts? So what must we do with them? You have to confess them as sin, the sin that they are. And then you have to say, dig out the root of that in me. The root of it. And what's the root? Self. It's all self. Pride, but it's self. Why is it so hard to be rid of pride? I mean, because you're still suffering from it, aren't you? Let's face it. Nod your heads. You're still suffering. (laughs) <laughs> it's human nature, but underneath, why is it hard to get rid of pride? Because it's, yes, it was Satan's problem, yes, because it's so hard to be rid of self. It is so hard to be rid of self. And the second reason? 
because we do not trust God. We say we do, we think we do, but we don't trust God. We do not trust him because we are not willing to abandon ourselves to him and live as servants. We're just not willing to do it. We'll do it in our own way, in our own time, but we won't do it across the board. We just won't do it. What has to happen then? What do we need? Yeah, we need to die, yeah. But whilst we're trying to die to ourselves, which becomes like this huge thing that's all about me, <laughs> what, what do we do? Yeah, ask God to help. What do we need? We need the life of Christ in us. How are we going to have the life of Christ in us? Know him through the word. What else? Hey? I don't know about you, Anne, but I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, of course we do. But I'm talking about the actual experience of the life of Christ. Yes, we need to experience the life of Christ more and more and more. If you're not experiencing the life of Christ, if there's too much self, if you can still see self and pride and all of the things that it manifests itself in what way, what will you actually do? Because I don't want to just talk about what it says in, you know, I mean, it's lovely what it says in the scripture, and I love the word, but we have to take that and make it real in the details of our lives. So what will you honestly do if you know, I still have so much of me that is not dead? I know that because there's pride and there's bitterness and there's envy and there's this and there's that, and I'm so quickly t- quick to take offense. And I don't want to be a servant to people. What will I do with that? I'll read my Bible. Okay, that's a good thing to start with. Then what? I'll pray, yeah. People to... Right? Right, and then what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> say that again, so do the opposite to what I want to do. <coughs> yeah, yeah, go further, go further, all right, all right, but go further. What are you struggling with, unforgiveness? Then you'll ask God, give me a million things that I have to forgive. Really, make me offended every day. Make me Un, un, misunderstood every day. <laughs> Give me opportunity to be able to say, it doesn't matter if you understand me. Hmm? I mean, learn it through experience. Give me the opportunities to learn through the experience of the thing that I'm really struggling with. Now, how easy is that to pray? <laughs> that is really hard to pray. But tell me, how are you going to learn it any other way? How are you going to learn forgiveness unless you have to forgive? How are you going to learn to be a servant unless you have to serve? How are you ever going to learn to not be offended unless you get offended? We can't just say the words. Do you know what I mean? We just can't keep saying the words. We have to mean it. And if you mean it, you'll ask God to bring that situation into your life so that you can do, learn and experience how to live through that.
Now, I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not. That's not easy. But we say, Christ is in me, and I am in him. He's mine, and I am his. He's come by the power of his spirit. Through him I can do all things. There is nothing impossible for me, because I am in Christ Jesus. He can make me like himself. In fact, he's promised to make me like himself. Well, how did he get to be like he was? He learned obedience through his suffering even to death on the cross. You want to know how to be like Christ? Be like Christ. And want to be like Christ. Take hold of him. Trust for anything that comes your way. He is infinitely able to enable you to get through and to cope with. Now, I'm not trying to say, you know, I don't, I don't believe in, oh, just keep bringing me loads of trouble, Lord, so that I can glorify you. I don't mean that. You know, this world's got a lot of trouble, and each life has got a lot of trouble. I'm not really saying that. I'm saying if this afternoon, later on, when we go through a couple of things, if the Lord brings to your mind unforgiveness or bitterness or rejection or envy or gossip or whatever it is, Make a point of asking him to break you of that or to break the self in you that is still bothered about that. Why would you even do that? Right, we won't live in the rest, yeah. And, and so take that one step further. Yeah, yeah. Because you'll do it because you believe that you, your life will be glorious for God when, he, when he, he does that. You really believe that you, Julie, can actually glorify God in your everyday life. See, we don't believe that. We don't. We think it's other people who do the glorifying. Maureen spoke of someone. I can't think of who. Heidi Baker. Yeah, we speak, we've got these names. We speak about these people. And we think, yeah, Lord, they're living really glorious lives. They're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing the other thing. And all the time God's saying, oh my goodness, if you would only stop and let me do that thing through you. If you would only let me do this through you. I would knock your socks off. You would just be so joyful about the glory that would be shown through you. What, is, what, what was the verse we started with right at the beginning? You probably can't remember, can you? Pressed down, shaken, and overflowing. What happens when you allow the Lord to press you down and shake you up? You overflow. Overflow with what? Oil. The oil of his spirit. Like a river of living water. That's what will happen to you if you go along with this, with the Lord. Now, I uh, made a little chart, um, uh, which I probably haven't brought down with me. I don't know why. Where is it? 
I can't see it now. On the right, have you got any paper in your notes? Have you got any spare paper? Okay. I don't know why I can't find this, but I can't. Hmm? Yeah, it doesn't have to be big. It just depends how, how awful you are and how, how much how much change you need. No, 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 I'm only kidding. It just, um, I needed an A4 size, both sides. Um, <coughs> so take a piece of paper and, um, and do a, draw a line down the middle of it, uh, vertically. Okay. You and I, are we are vessels set apart for God. That's happened to us. We're vessels set apart. We have been cleansed, we are emptied, we are consecrated. And we are to be waiting every moment for God through his spirit to work out in us as much holiness as he wants. So we are to be literally waiting for him to do what he pleases. Now on the right hand side, no, on the left hand side of your page, on the left hand side of your page, write all the things that are going on in your life. All the things of earth. All the things of your humanity. They don't have to be bad. They can just be everything that's going on. If I could find my list, which would be very helpful now, I'd tell you what I wrote down. But um, <coughs> I can't find it. So write all the things down. Take your time. There's no rush. Just take your time. Write all the things down on there that um, you can think of that uh, other things of earth. Yeah, okay, so give, me an, uh, give you an example. Um, uh, home, house, family, uh, job, health, wealth, uh, well-being, reputation. Not necessarily, as I say, not necessarily bad or good, just all the things in this, li in this human life that you spend time thinking on. And, you know, you don't have to spend too long on it because I'd like you to keep it and go over it later and or when you take it home, add to it. And then on the top of that, on the top of the, that column, um, you could write earth or whatever, yeah, earth. And on the top of the other column, you could write heaven, which is where you belong. Um... And then when you've written as much as you can think of at the moment, write your, start your other column. Write all the things of heaven down, all the things that um, belong to a citizen of heaven, all the things that Jesus thought about, all the things that he's doing now, all the things that you imagine you will be doing when you go to be with him. 
So basically, you're going to have on the left the things of earth, and on the right the things of heaven. Except that they'll relate to you. You've probably got some corporate things on your lists, but um, if you can try to put some, you know, individual things about you. You don't have to read your list out. You're not going to show that list to anybody. So you're just putting in, in on the list, um, things of earth and things of heaven. Okay. Oh, now I found it. <laughs> okay. <coughs> so what did you have on the left-hand side? You can just read one thing out or two things or I'll tell you I'll start. This is what I had on the top of my uh left-hand side. Things belonging to my sight, my senses and my reason. So things belonging to my thinking and my seeing and my what what did you have on the left hand side anything just one thing <laughs> pain pain okay physical pain <coughs> what else on the left earning money yeah treasures of earth earning money yeah Family relationships, right? What to do with the money? Yeah, yeah. Pleasures, things to spend your money on, yeah. Church time. Babysitting. <laughs> there speaks a <the> grandmother. <laughs> Grandchildren. Stuff that needs sorting. Stuff that needs sorting. Yeah. 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 You were a lot more basic than I was. I had living to please myself. 
as a thing of earth, living to please myself. Now, I'm including in that even teaching. I'm including ministry in that. I don't mean that's all it is, but that pleases me. I enjoy it. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying what are the things there on that left-hand list? What have you got on your right-hand list? Things of heaven. Hmm? No more tears, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Joy in his presence, yeah. If if sight and reason and senses belong to earth, what belongs to heaven? Just take that first thing. If sight and reason and all our senses, hear, touch, feel, if they belong to earth, what belongs to heaven? Faith. Trust, confidence in God, what did you say? Thankfulness, yeah. The things that you can't see and touch, the things that you can't smell. And what about reason? What belongs to heaven? If reason belongs to earth, what belongs to heaven? God's wisdom, you'd have to say, God's wisdom. Truth, i.e. the truth of uh, Jesus is the truth. If pleasures of the earth is on the left-hand side, what would be on the right? Delight in the Lord. If the treasures of the earth are on the left, what would be on the right? Hmm? Treasures in heaven, Jesus says. Don't store up treasures on earth, store them up in heaven. If a good reputation was belonging to on earth, what would belong to heaven? Mm -hmm. If you want a good reputation among men, what would be the other thing on the other side? To please God, to stand in the right place with God, to have a good reputation, to stand well with God. If you were earning money to buy a house or you wanted a house or property and that's on earth, what would be on the right-hand side? Jesus has prepared a place for us, our home in heaven, our home in heaven. If you wanted to walk and live and move in the best company, what would be on the other side? Yes, to be walking with the King of Kings, to walk with God. Yeah. If, if on the left-hand side of earth was to follow man's philosophy, to be very wise and intelligent and, and intellectual, what would be on the right-hand side? Somebody said it, what was it? Follow God's revelations, follow God's truth. If living for the flesh is on the left, what's on the right? Living for the spirit. If living for a time is on the left, what's on the right? Live for eternity. If living to please myself is on the left, what's on the right? Living to please God. If having a big ministry is on the left, what's on the right? Serving the Lord. If physical well-being is on the left, what's on the right? 
soul, spirit, healthy, and growing stronger. Okay, which side do you live? Really, seriously, which side of this list do you live? <coughs> this is not in heaven. This is, your citizenship is in heaven. You belong to a new humanity. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the whole point of your time on earth is to re redo your brain and your thinking so that you understand you belong on the right-hand side of your page. You belong on the right. Tot exactly. Have this attitude in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Now, my list is my list. You know, you can make your own list. But when you make your list, ask yourself where you live. Do you live on the left or on the right? Or are you sometimes on the left and sometimes on the right? Yes. Where are you? And if you're sometimes there and sometimes here or all the time in the middle or definitely on the left, what you got to do? You have to get out your alien registration card every day. Did I tell you that? In Japan, you have to have an alien registration card and you have to take it with you everywhere you go so that you're under no illusions that you actually belong because you don't. You're an alien. You and I are aliens and strangers on this planet. You do not belong here. You just keep thinking you do. And the more you think you do, the more time you take up on the left-hand side of your page. If you could start, if we could start understanding that we are belong to heaven, that our citizenship is there, and I'm telling you what's in scripture, this is the truth, your citizenship is in heaven. If we could retrain our mind to understand all that that means, we would be living on the right-hand side of the page. If we lived on the right-hand side of the page, <coughs> what would we be like? <coughs> We'd be like Christ. We'd be like Christ. What's the purpose of you still being here on the planet? What is God doing while you're here on the planet? Making you more like Jesus. I suspect God's got a list left and right, and he's watching you run backwards and forwards, watching me run backwards and forwards and spend way too much time on the left. And all the time he's saying, could you just cross the line? Just cross the line and stay there for longer than five minutes. We belong to a different king. We belong to a different country. We breathe different air. We have different think thoughts. We have a different purpose. We have a different meaning. Everything about this planet is alien to us. And all of it will go in a, in a, in a flash. Colossians again, 3, verses 1 to 4. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Not, 
Yeah, keep thinking of things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. How do we do that? How do we do that? Set your mind on the things above. Write a list every week. Write a list. Do you know how you sometimes if you're on a diet, you keep a food diary? And if you keep a food diary, you are absolutely astonished at how much food actually you eat. Because you've been telling yourself you eat like a bird. (coughs) (coughs) You write the list. You'll be amazed how much time you spent on the things of earth. (coughs) And you could have spent so much more time on the things of heaven. I'm not talking about the duty things or the difficult things or the, the things that you don't like. I'm talking about thinking about the Lord Jesus, going for a walk and talking to him, opening your eyes to see the wonder of the night sky and thinking to yourself that God flung those stars into space and that he knows every name of them, and he knows, every, he knows my name. He knows every hair on my head and every day of my life, reminding yourself over and over and over again, and asking him, Lord, <coughs> I got really offended at Julie today. I didn't, Julie, but you know. I got really offended at Julie, because she said this, and she didn't need to say that, and she was totally wrong, and you know it. Get her to af- apologize to me. You know, What do you think will happen if you start spending your time on the right-hand side of the page? It won't matter. It won't matter. And everything in you will want to, in this example, want to do everything you possibly can so that Julie doesn't have to accept her responsibility or come and ask forgiveness, but so that over time she starts to see the wonder of God and the greatness of God. Because what will matter to you more is, is, is someone else and not you. Everything we do, we do as to the Lord. Everything that happens... Of course. Who wouldn't want to know that, Jesus? Who wouldn't want to know a God who, who has changed you to such an extent that you have become a person that other people want to be around? That you have become someone who is willing to listen and not talk all the time, who's willing to help? Go ahead. It depends what was on your list, yeah. Yeah, Uh okay. Yeah, of course, definitely. Definitely, definitely. (coughs) On my list, it was either or. So that's that's where I was coming from. But yeah, but some things, loving your grandchildren or having grandchildren, doing your job, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm, what I'm saying is keep your mind on the right side 
That's where you belong. That's your citizenship. That's, that's where you, you live. Um, Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I, I suppose because my list was so clear, pleasures of earth, pleasures of heaven, you know, mine was a very clear list. Um, of course there are things, yeah, there are things. I would, I would, it just depends where you, yeah, we'll have to have a conversation about that. Mm, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. I even think, for example, yeah, so this is not what you're saying, but um, I know people who, who've basically given up their lives for their grandchildren, and they don't have time to do anything else. Now, uh, what's that about? You know, is that good for the grandchildren? Is that good for their children? Is that good for them? You know, that's why. So, so it's a difficult one because um, nothing straightforward. But keeping our minds on the right-hand side, that's where we need to be. Um, So you're living on the right. No, you can't on your list. No, but it was easy on my list. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there are some things that are easy to separate, and some things that aren't. But I, you know, I, you, God wants us to enjoy this life. I mean, what does that mean? I, I know what you mean, Jenny, and I'm not trying to pick holes in it, but what I am saying is, we say these things, God wants us to enjoy this life. Why? What do you mean? Why? <laughs> no, I, I think I know what you mean, so... No. No, but God wants us to enjoy him. And he wants us to live for him. Mm. Yes, of course. I'm not saying that we're not. Yeah, of course. I just think that we're too, we're, we're too quick. We're too quick to take up all the blessing that we have and say, thank you, Lord, that's so great. Thank you for blessing me with that. Without thinking, what am I supposed to do with all of that? You know, we live in a world where 80% of Christians are persecuted. We live in a world where 90% of people don't have enough to live on. We've been blessed beyond our, blessed materially, beyond our wildest dreams in this part of the country. Well, what are we doing with it? Not country, world. What are we doing with that? And is God really happy that we're happy? I'm not saying you're talking about this, Jenny, you're not, but what I'm saying is it's not simple. It's not a simple, um, it's not just, it's not a simple either or. It, 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 
we have to think more about why we're alive, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Is it glorifying to God? And we, we can only start in the simple ways, Jenny. We, we can only start with, okay, you offend me, I'm going to forgive you. Well, the first couple of times, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to forgive you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Lois, that's a bit much. So, uh, I'm going to forgive you. And I'm trying not to be offended so easily. Yeah, that's the truth. I am trying to do that because, because I know that's how I should be. And I can only start there. And I love my grandchildren, and God has given me an amazing life. And I'm thankful for it. But I'm also more and more mindful of the responsibility I have because he's given me an amazing life. And that it's probably not enough for me, I'm not talking about you, for me to say, thank you, Lord, what an amazing life you've given me. It's, I'm, so, it's, I'm so grateful. That's probably not enough. That God might be asking for more. So that's all I'm saying. So that's what I meant with Angela. That's what I meant. We, we, yeah, I just, I feel. mm. To whom much is given, much is expected. Yeah. Some questions. Well, I've got some statements really that I'll finish with, and then a couple of scriptures. Um, why do we do what we do? Why do we work? Why do we work? Whatever your work is, in whatever way you do it, why do you do it? go to your job or wherever you go, do whatever you do so that you can speak and act to those people you interact with in a way that will honour Jesus. That's the bottom line. Whatever you do, wherever it is, however long you spend at it, is your primary motive to honour Jesus. Because that's why you're still here. And I suppose the, the right-hand side and the left-hand side, and mine was much easier, and I probably should have read the hour first because it would have made things simpler. I want to say, let's live on the right-hand side of the page. Let's live on the right-hand side of the page. Live for Jesus. 
us live for Jesus, live for his glory, think about him, set your heart on him, remind yourself about him, set your alarm, plan your holidays, go to work, look after your grandchildren, love your spouse, do it all for Jesus. And what will happen when you do? Yeah, and you will start to manifest his presence to those around you. What's the purpose you're here? To manifest his presence to those around you. To be his ambassador. He is risen and so are you. Live the risen life. Psalm 62, I'll just finish with these couple of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2. Um, Psalm 62, 1 and 2. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 63, verse 8. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. This is the language of David, the man after God's own heart. It's the language of Abraham. It's the language of all the Old Testament people who knew and lived for God who wanted more of him. And my challenge is, is it my language? Is that the language I speak? And that's my challenge to you. Because that's the, la la that's the language of a crucified, surrendered life. It's the language of Paul in Philippians chapter 3. 